If you've got your Bibles, we'll turn to the book of Ecclesiastes. And um, I, I don't think, I, I think I've preached out of the book of Ecclesiastes one time. And, uh, and I, I, but this is on my heart. I've been reading through the book of Ecclesiastes. It's been, done a lot of help in my life lately. And um, there's a lot of wisdom in the book of Ecclesiastes, of course, and uh, as it is written. And, um, but I really got something on my heart this afternoon. And um, uh, Solomon, of course, writing here, and uh, is, uh, is known as the wisest man in your Bible. And we understand that. A lot of people know that. He asked for wisdom. God granted it to him. And the book from the first chapter to the last chapter is covered in... Uh, it nearly covers every aspect of the life of a human. And uh, I know that uh, Brother, Brother Philip went through it up there at Mount Carmel and got to listen to some of that. But, the, but, but from the first, first chapter to the last chapter, it covers nearly every aspect concerning the human life. And, and so it, it covers, I mean, from sin to death to vanity um, um, to, to living life and everything that, that's in between that, if you will, um, and it's a wonderful book. Um, I mean, really, really, it lays out the walk of life. It lays out the works of our lives and what we're supposed to do for Christ. It goes on from covering things such as prosperity and covering things such as pleasure and, and, and pride and pain. And, and it covers everything, uh, poverty. It covers it all when it comes to the life of a Christian, really. Uh, um, but the most noted word I found in this book is the word vanity. The word vanity is mentioned 39 times in the short 12 chapters of this book. The most noted phrase which is in this book is the phrase under the sun and it's related and it says um, it says that that phrase 29 times. Um, now that's a lot of times in such a small book, uh, but it says that phrase in those times and he, and he and he uses that phrase I believe from what I've got from reading the book. Uh, he uses that phrase um, uh, to show that that all who are under the sun are lifeless without God. They're lifeless without Christ. They're, they're absolutely nothing without Him, and that's true. Uh, um, all these things are important, and all these things are very true concerning how many uh, how He deals with the vanity or vain things and how He deals with all that in the book. It's all right. I mean, it's in the Bible, so it's, it's all right, and I understand that, but here... Uh, in the text in which we're going to read this afternoon, just two verses, uh, he concludes the book as he's writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Uh, he concludes the book with this truth today. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13, the Bible says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. So if you were to look back at all 12 um, chapters to begin with, from that verse backwards... Uh, this is the conclusion of the whole matter. Here it is. Fear God and keep His commandments. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. I ask you, dear God, in the name of Jesus, to please, Lord, uh, uh, grant what we need, Lord, concerning this text. Lord, I love you. I praise you. I thank you for the word of God. Lord, help it to reign here today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So Solomon here writing, is he, he's telling us that this is the conclusion or the climax 
of the book. This is, this is it. This is the icing on top of the cake, right? So, so everything leads up to this point right here. Uh, uh, and this is what everything comes down to, uh, is that you ought to fear God and you ought to keep, keep His commandments. Listen, I don't know whatever things going to happen here in the future um, concerning here. I don't understand. I don't know what's going to happen uh, concerning this world. Uh, besides that, I, what I do know is every breath that you and I have in our fiber of our being, we must fear God and keep His commandments. That's two things we ought to do. We ought to fear God uh, and we ought to keep His commandments. So I'm going to preach to you uh, the conclusion uh, of the whole matter. I'm going to preach that thought right out of the Bible. The conclusion of the whole matter. Two points, I'll be done. I want you to notice, number one, uh, that there is a commission in this text. There's a commission that every man... uh, should follow. There's a commission that every man should follow. Uh, and he said, let us hear the conclusion of uh, the whole matter, and that is to fear God uh, and to keep His commandments. You're going to hear that a lot here this afternoon. Just so you know, fear God and keep His uh, uh, commandments. So, beloved, I tell you, we have a problem in the day in which we live in. Uh, um, there's a lot going on, and I'm telling you, I am uh, fed up uh, with the mess going on in today's society. Uh, I mean, we're seeing Christian, I mean, talking people who uh, who go against God. And listen, I know this is coming from the internet, uh, but we're talking about people who go who who literally proclaim to be a Christian, but then talk bad about God uh, and dress in the way that they, uh, of the other gender, and they're doing this, uh, and they're going to the Christian contemporary music stuff. Has anybody else seen that, or just me? Uh, I mean, they're dressing up like women and they're men, uh, and you got the the transgender and the L B G whatever they are, uh, the agenda that's going on in today's. Uh, um, society is wicked. Now, I, I, I believe everybody in here uh, um, probably understands the wickedness that's going on today. Uh, um, but we have a problem. There's kids uh, um, that are killing kids today. Uh, um, the abortion rate is higher than it's ever been. Uh, oh, They say that one out of every five uh, pregnancies is abortion. One out of every five. Uh, uh, last year there were 73 million babies uh, aborted. That's more than 200,000 a day. Friend, I tell you, that's 1,440. There's only 1,440 minutes in one day. You know how much that is a minute? A lot. I don't know how much it is, but it's a lot. There's 86,400 seconds in one day, and there's 200,000 babies been aborted. Now you tell me, that's a mess, friend. We're getting to somewhere. Just hang tight. Uh, um, but we live in a day of violence. We live in a day of murder. Uh, we live in a day of wickedness. And what you and I as the church of the living God, uh, and what you and I have as God's as saints, what we have to do, we have a job, uh, a commission to keep, right? We have a commission. We have a commission. We have a commission to follow. Uh, and the world has no fear of God. The Bible in the book of Psalm, uh, Romans uh, in chapter 3 and somewhere down verse 17 or so, uh, um, the Bible says that there is no fear of God before their eyes. Uh, and there isn't today. There isn't. Every man has a commission. Whether we're saved uh, or whether they're lost, there's a commission that ought to be kept uh, by God's divine order. And, and Solomon said that's the conclusion of the book. And so I want you to notice a few things what Solomon has to say about our commission. Uh, he says, number one, it's your commission to be humble 
before God. Now he says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. Fear God. Now the book of Ecclesiastes ends where the book of Proverbs begins. It's an admonition to fear God is what it is. And this is a common theme throughout the book of Solomon. As Solomon writes those books. And it's a common theme there. But in this book alone we find five times that statement. Fear God. Fear God. So in other words, it seems that Solomon may have learned this in in the hard way. What do you think? We learn from the Word of God. It is our basic instructions. uh, And we ought to learn from His life. We ought to learn from His life. You know, uh, Solomon had learned maybe the hard way. And that's the the, the way to be exalted is to be humbled, right? Uh, um, That's what James tells us. Uh, And so the only way to fear, uh, the, the only way not to fear life is to fear God. Life is a fearful thing. There's a lot that's going on. And as I said, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Life, we don't understand. There, I mean, uh, preacher, there's so many things that's going on uh, um, that we're being, we're being, we're being, uh, I'm trying to think of the word here. We're, we're li- we literally have a gun to our head as the church of God. There's so many different accusations that this person's going to come in uh, and do this so we better guard our doors and there's this and that uh, and this and that. And I believe that's true. We are uh, to protect the flock of God. But I'm telling you, uh, there is a way in this life uh, um, that if we'll fear God, we won't have to fear the world. One writer said it this way, we fear man so much because we fear God so little. And I'm telling you, friend, now understand this is not a a person running and hiding. As he says, fear God, this is not someone running in the closet and hiding in the dark in fear for God. But that's not what is meant here. When Solomon says, fear God, that's not what he's saying. We fear God in faith. Now understand me in just a minute. In other words, we, 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 we accept, uh, we admit, uh, we acknowledge who God is and we fear Him uh, in that faith because of who He is. And friend, I tell you, it's a holy reverential fear is what it is. I mean, in faith we come to know God, Right? Isn't that how we come to know God? That's what the Bible says uh, uh, in Ephesians. So um, by faith we came to know God. We fear because we know who He is. We know who He is. Uh, and we know that He is there all the time. Uh, we know who He is. Uh, we know He's a God of forgiveness because we've experienced that by faith. Uh, we know He's a God of mercy because we've experienced it by faith. Uh, we know He's a God of love and peace and long-suffering and gentleness uh, and kindness uh, and so on and so on. We know, but however, we know that He's a God of wrath. Uh, we know that He will not stand for sin uh, and the wind of the day. Why? Because God told us in His Word. We know, we know, we fear Him because of who He is. Because of who He is. I mean, imagine, just think of the majesty and the power and the might and the splendor. That ought to make us fear Him. 
It ought to. We stand in awe of who He is. And it's the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob uh, and down the line. Uh, and we look at Him and we say, what a marvelous God. But we stand in awe at Him uh, and fear Him because of who He is. Uh, it's a life looking uh, to and leaning on uh, and living for uh, Him. We fear Him and have enough respect to do as He says to do. It's our commission to come before Him because of who He is, humbly before God. It's our job to do that. I can't say I'm just the humblest man in the world because that wouldn't be very humble, would it? But I'm telling you, I just try. I want to be. I want to just realize who He is. I mean, He's a big God. And it's our commission to come humbly before Him. And He says, fear God. Fear God. Now it's your commission not only to be humbly, but then be holy before God. Be holy. He said, fear God and keep His commandments. Fear God and keep His commandments. I know it. so, so because you fear God, because you do, you keep His commandments. Now, now it's, it's almost a byproduct of fear, it seems like. Look how he wrote it. I mean, he said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. It works all together. So, 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 so it's, it's almost that Solomon ties them together, if you will. He ties them together and because we stand in awe of Him and because we admire Him and adore Him, we will do what He says to do. If God says to go and do and share the gospel, what are we to do? Go and share the gospel. If you're humble before Him, you'll be holy before Him. Once one writer said, the only part of the Bible you believe is the part you obey. Now swallow that big pill. And friend, I'm telling you, I know that's a hard statement, but it could be true. Uh, and I, I'm thinking, I, I'm trying to think of this, uh, these verses, but Jesus talked about this similarly. Uh, I think it's in the book of Matthew. Uh, I think it's in the book of Matthew. Let me just turn there real quick and try to find it. Bear with me for just a moment. I think I'll find it quickly. Um, Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Uh, this is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these, on these two commandments hang all the law and all the prophets. And so on those two commandments hang it all. You see, if I love God, friend, if I love God with all of my heart and all of my soul and all of my mind, then I will have no problem walking in His way nor loving my neighbor. Because I love God with all of my heart, soul, and mind. Uh, With everything I have in my being, uh, I won't have no problem loving my neighbor. I won't have no problem doing that. Uh, And if I fear Him and love, I'll honor Him with my life. Uh, It's pretty reasonable. It's pretty reasonable. Beloved, I tell you, the problem in this world uh, and in churches a lot today uh, is that we don't know what to do. Uh, we don't know what to do. It's that we, it's not, it's not even that. It's not even that, friend. Uh, it's not even that churches today uh, is not that they don't know what to do, uh, but it's that we don't do what we know to do. That's a problem. I tried to get that out. I know it's harder and I promise it's harder than you think it is. Uh, it's, we don't do what we know to do, what the Bible says to do. Uh, and if you fear Him, you will do what He says to do. 
Friend, I, I, I'm telling you, uh, and I've said it before, there, there's two sides to the aspect. Uh, there's two sides to the aspect of conviction of sin uh, or reproving of sin. There's two sides to the aspect. Uh, there's the aspect of looking that He's already paid for that sin and it all will grieve us. There's also the aspect of looking that we're going to look at Him in fear. Because what's going to happen because of what I just did? Because the Bible still says we'll reap what we sow. Right? And so there's two aspects to it. We look at, at the love side and say, God, Jesus died for that sin already and paid for it. Uh, but friend, that ought to grieve us. But then looking at him and saying, Lord, please, please don't make my children have to deal with this. Uh, and I know it don't always work that way. I know it don't. God's a God of grace and I'm thankful for that. But, but we, reap some, we reap what we sow. You plant an orange seed, you're going to get an orange tree. I'm just telling you... It, it, it's our commission to be holy before God. Then he goes on and says, For this is the whole duty of man. This is the whole duty of man. It's your conclusion. And you'll be honored by God. Be honored by God. It says the whole duty of man. It's not half the duty, but it's all of it. Right? And if we live humbly before God and holy to God, then we'll be honored by God. Right? It's a, Pretty simple. I mean, I mean, Solomon is saying that if we desire to live a life honored by God, uh, if we desire to live that life, uh, then it all boils, boils down to those two things. Fear Him and keep His commandments. Uh, I mean, you, you will be whole if you do that, right? It says the whole duty of man. Now that word deals with complete. Uh, that word deals with contentment. Uh, that word deals with uh, satisfied. Uh, and friend, you'll live that life if you'll fear God and keep His commandments. You'll never live that life if you don't fear Him and keep His commandments. That's why people are searching for freedom today. Because they don't fear God and they don't do what He says in His Word. Amen. The Word is true, friend. And if we will do what this Word says, we'll not have to search freedom because I'll be the freest man I've ever been. I'm telling you is that here it is. And if we will go God's way and do it like He wants it, to, we will be right with God. And that's the best thing we could ever be. If God says do it, do it, this world is wicked and I understand that. They have no fear, but the church ought not be that way. God have to make a decision. Amen. The commission every man should follow. Lastly, I want you to notice the conclusion every man will face. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. So C.H. Spurgeon said it this way. He said, the eternity of punishment is a thought which crushes the heart. The Lord God is slow to anger, but when he is aroused to it, he will put forth all, of, all his omnipotence to crush his enemies. And that's a good view to look at, really. That's a crazy thought to think about when it looks at it, because God is very slow to anger. But he's going, he will one day crush his enemies. Now, now every man will one day face judgment, right? We, we understand that. Every man will one day face judgment. And I'm telling you, I, I fear the day. I do. I thank the Lord for it. For I thank the Lord my sins paid for. Amen. But uh, but but I'm just telling you that every man will one day face judgment, and that ought to make us see what we really have lying ahead of us. Now you think about it. There's a soon day of judgment. The Bible says very clearly, "For God shall, right, shall." 
So that word shall, it says that God shall bring every work uh, into judgment. In other words, Solomon is not speaking in terms of possibility, uh, but he's speaking in terms of certainty. It's going uh, to happen. There is no if, ands, or but. He's not saying that this day might happen, but he's saying this day will happen. Uh, it, is, uh, it is a day that is awaiting and is soon awaiting every man, woman, boy, or girl. And this is a judgment day in God's uh, judicial system of God's courtroom. This is His courtroom. Uh, I mean, you think about it, friend. The date, uh, um, the date is there. I don't know when it is. You don't know when it is. Nobody else knows. Uh, but one day we will stand before God. And all, uh, all the defendants will be present. Everybody will be present. All of the evidence uh, will have been submitted at that point of time. Uh, and the judge will pronounce his final sentence. Uh, whatever it may be, it cannot be appealed. You can't put a prayer for judgment. You can't do that. It just can't happen. Our, our judicial system, I understand our judicial system kind of, I don't know, understand a whole lot of it, but it's made up a whole lot of a variety of different courts, right? You got, uh, uh, I mean, the divorce courts, the juvenile courts, the, the criminal courts, the civil courts, the, 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 all of those courts you can put all together, supreme courts. Uh, you got them all together, but this one here, uh, each, uh, each type have a different uh, region to do. They have, one of them has to deal with this, one of them has to deal with that uh, and so on and so on but the court in heaven uh, operates completely differently it operates completely different because the Lord Jesus uh, will be the judge uh, the jury uh, and the executioner and everything else all in one all in one friend Jesus will be at all he will his judgment will be final uh, and he cannot be bribed and he cannot be bought uh, every person that has ever been born uh, will one day stand respectively uh, at the day of judgment every sinner uh, will stand at God's great white throne uh, and every saint will stand at the at Christ's judgment uh, at the judgment seat of Christ uh, rest assured friend everyone will face him it's soon happening. And I believe it. It's a serious, it's a soon day of judgment. It's a serious day of judgment. It says for God to bring every work into judgment. God should bring every work into judgment. That's, that's something, that, that, that's a mind-blowing subject to think about. Now, now, God, everything, every, God will have every bit of evidence pertaining to our lives. All in one case. Uh, there, there, there's been much, um, there's been much speculation I read where, where, where people what what judgment seat this is talking about and so on and so on, and that's fine. We, I believe it may be talking to the judgment seat of Christ. There's two possibilities, and there's only two possibilities: it's either great white throne or it's the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, I believe it could possibly be the judgment seat of Christ. He makes a point to mention that every work will be dealt with, uh, and we understand that. Uh, and, and, and so, so in other words, the basis of the judgment seat of Christ is dealing with work. Sin was already paid for at Calvary, and so we're dealing with sonship, and we're dealing with service, uh, and how we had to do a four. Christ while after we got saved. Is that right or is that wrong? So when we're dealing with that and looking at that kind of stuff, the judgment seat of Christ deals with that. It deals with our service uh, to Christ uh, and the life we have lived for Him and every work will be brought into subjection. 
And we'd be brought to the courtroom of God. We'd be questioned and it'd be judged. And we understand that. We can read in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 13 through verse 15 that everyone's work shall be made manifest uh, um, for the day shall declare it and so on and so on. I can't quote it perfectly. Uh, but every work, uh, every work will be tried in the fire uh, of God uh, and it will be thrown into that place uh, and it will be either wood, hay, stubble, precious stones, gold or silver uh, and whichever one is it going to purify is it going to burn up? Right? I, I, listen, I know this is, this is some grievous thing, but the Lord will try our works. And if our works will stand that fire of judgment, we'll receive a reward. However, if our works are consumed, they will be the wood, hay, and stubble. They'll burn up. And it says in, I think, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it says, we'll be saved as so as by fire. And so we'll get into heaven by the skin of our teeth, if you will. And some people, but but I understand it's going to be the blood of Jesus. And thank the Lord, it's all Him. Nothing. It's not what we can do to get, attain it. So don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Uh, it's not that we're going to really get in there by the skin of our teeth, but we ain't going to have nothing to take with us. Amen. What a sad statement to say that we wouldn't have anything to take with us. Amen. Ah. I'm just telling you, friend. It's it is a hundred percent. A soon day approaching. And it's 100% a serious day. It's a serious day. And then lastly, it's a settled day. It's a settled day. The Bible says with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. So when we're looking at this text, uh, um, one I read where one writer said, My greatest thought is my accountability to God. Isn't that a good thought to keep? I mean, first and foremost, my greatest thought is my accountability to God. This day of judgment, friend, it is a soon day, it is a serious day, but it is a settled day because God shall bring every work into judgment. He shall. He shall, friend, and, and, and every secret thing, every whether it be good or whether it be evil, it's all whatever, whatever has tried to be covered up, uh, God will uncover, and whatever has tried to excuse, uh, um, God will expose it. We have tried to reason. We understand that, uh, but God will reveal it. Lord, help us. Whatever we tried, God make it public. He said he'd make it manifest. Every secret thing will be revealed. Every secret prayer, every, every, every secret cuss word, every secret deed, every thought, every idle word uh, will all be brought to the glorious light of Christ. And things that may have been forgotten will come back as though they were committed that very instant. Lord, help us, friend. Lord, help me. And we'll have a choice to admit, but not only to admit, but acknowledge these things. And I'm just telling you, friend, Solomon says that one day it will be exposed. It will be, and that, that's why we're, 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 we're uh, commissioned to live a humble and a holy uh, life to God. Uh, and that's why we ought to. And so we don't have to deal with the, with the judgment so harshly. We're going to have to deal with it because no man's perfect. We're going to have to deal with it. But friend, I'm telling you is that we ought to do what we can now for Christ. And live for Him while we can. 
I mean, it matters that much. Uh, and, you know, if we love the Lord and we, we love Him this much, and uh, as our Savior, we ought to fear Him and keep His commandments. Yeah. Ought to fear Him and keep His commandments. But nonetheless, even if you don't fear Him and keep His commandments, one day He will be your judge regardless. Like I said, you'll either, you'll either bow to Him in, in choice by now or bow to Him by force then. There's no in-between. There's no in-between. Listen, I'm just letting you know this afternoon that there is a God in heaven that we ought to fear. And there's a God in heaven we ought to keep His commandments. That means what this Bible says, you don't have to wait for conviction. The Bible says it, you don't need anything else. And I've said that from the beginning. I've said that from the beginning. I've had people come against me by saying that exact thing. Listen, God God deals with us on a personal level by grace and mercy. He doesn't have to. We have this Bible and if we don't follow word by word by it, then we're doing wrong. It's right. We're all wrong. <laughs> it's, like, it's like that story I've said many times. That, that, that man read the Bible he had never read before. He said he read the Bible and said the first week he got done reading the Bible and said he looked at his wife and he said, wife, if if this book is right, we're wrong. He said the next week he read the Bible again. He said, wife, if this book is right, then we can get right. He said, hallelujah, what a blessing that is. He said, if this book is right, the next week, he said, we're all lost. He said, the next week, if this book is right, we're all saved. We can all be saved. And I tell you, that's the God's honest truth. This book is right, we're all wrong, we were all lost, we're all wicked, and we could all be saved. And in this life, friend, there is a God in heaven that we ought to fear. We ought to fear reverential. We ought to teach our children to fear God. Not because he's just big bad God with a hammer looking down at us. No, because of who he is, because of his seat, because of simply who he is, his power and his sovereignty. And that's not even a Bible word, but who he is, friend. Who he is. Just imagine the God that we have in heaven. There's more Indians today that fear their gods. Really? Than the, than, than, than the church going independent Baptist a lot of time. Now, I'm not despising the independent Baptist. I wouldn't be, y'all, y'all know me. I, y'all know me. I don't have to explain myself. I'm just telling you, God's honest truth, friend, is that we live in a world that don't fear God. We live in a world that does not fear God. And if we don't stand up for the truth and stand up for what was right, nobody else is going to. Nobody else is going to. I got two kids. It is worth standing up for. Amen. It's worth it. And if nobody else wants to do it for the sake of our children, let's do it. Let's fear God and keep His commandments. Live a right life. It doesn't matter if your neighbor lives a right life. You live a right life. If it doesn't, listen, this is going to be bold right here. It doesn't matter if your husband or wife lives a right life. You live a right life because it's your responsibility to God. It's your responsibility. I've said it many times and many times before, time and time again. It is our job to love our wives as Christ loved the church. It's their job to submit to the husband. There's no in-between. It's our job to do what we are supposed to do. And our part is to fear God and to keep His commandments. Live a righteous life in front of God, but it's all going to be through Him. Understand that. I've said it before. Paul said, I die daily. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. 
through me. Right? Galatians 2.20. Christ liveth through me. So considering that, you'll never crucify yourself on a tree. You're going to have to let Christ do it. You're going to have to let the Holy Spirit live this life through you. Listen, that's all I got this afternoon. But I don't know. I don't know if we, I don't know if we need to pray. Could we? Could we get somebody to play the uh, play play something up here? If you listen, I just wanted to give you that. It was on my heart. There's a God we ought to fear. I don't always have all the words. The hardest thing to say after you preach something, especially like this, because this is one of the things that deal personally. Fear God. Fear God, friend. Keep His commandments. Fear God. If you stand to your feet, we're done. God, help us, Lord. We love you. I praise you. I thank you for giving us this time, Lord. Lord, help us, God, to live our life pleasing to you, Lord. In this day and this hour, Lord, help us, God, to, to show the love of Christ. Lord, help us, God, to show you, Lord, in a significant way through our lives, Lord, that your light would shine through us, God. Lord, you said, let your light so shine before me and they may see the glorious work and the, uh, um, glorify the Father which is in heaven, Lord. I, Lord, help us, God, to live for you this day and this hour. We love you. In Jesus' name.